mountaintop or down in the valley, wherever we may be, he's worthy of our praise. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, we just want to say again, Lord, how much it's an honor to be here tonight, Father. It's a wonderful thing to be able to gather together and to worship together and to sing songs of Zion and let your presence just fall among us, Lord, and begin to move and touch hearts and lives and Give us strength, Lord, for the journey ahead, Lord God. Father, we just ask that you would come and you would speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, encourage us, Lord, in this season as we're about ready to change another year. The calendar is about to change and move into another year. Lord, truly, we could say once again, you've led us safely this far. And Lord, we're going to put our trust in you no matter what year may come up, what day may come up. What situation may arise, Lord, we can trust you. We just ask, Father, you just move to do- tonight in our hearts, Lord. If there be anything that we've done or said that would be pleasing to you, Father, that you'd wash us by your blood, that you would just come and mend our hearts, Lord, tonight, we pray. We commit this service to your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's turn to Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. Also on that last Sunday of the month, at that business meeting, there'll be uh, dinner and communion as well in January, the last last Sunday in January. So we probably put something up on the slide for that as well. Uh, looking forward to our New Year's meetings. It's going to be a wonderful time of the Lord. Amen. And I uh, really love these three young brothers that are coming to share their hearts with us. And I believe we'll all be blessed. Amen, and uh, uh, and uh, so uh, Brother Ronnie and Brother Nathan and Brother Isaac, uh, just fine young men in the gospel and found them to be faithful men, and we're looking forward to what the Lord has for us. Also remember, next Wednesday there will be no service. It will be moved to, to, to the Friday night, so just put that on your calendar as well. Amen. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. Amen. Uh, probably one of the most familiar scriptures that there is and, and one of the most uh, memorized scriptures that there is and, and the one of the most read scriptures. And it's a wonderful scripture and it's uh, more than just words, but I believe that they're inspired words and, and it's very pertinent to the day that we're living in. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of my enemy, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We'll let you be seated today. I'd like to speak to you on the light, the shepherd. Amen. It'd be even a lot to do with what we spoke on the guide, because a shepherd is a guide. As we've read here in our scripture, 
He speaks about, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness, uh, a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I, I, I thought this is, uh, part of this has always spoke to me because it, in verse four, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, for there to be a shadow, there has to be a light. It's not the valley of complete darkness. It's not the valley of complete loss. It's not the valley of, of complete destruction. But there's something there, amen, that giveth hope. And we find, he said, and in the this, in this shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Amen. Thy rod or thy word and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, David presents God as a shepherd. And in doing so, he also compares us to being sheep. Uh, the intent was to highlight the total devotion Christians are meant to have towards their Lord and, and Savior. And not only that, but his devotion towards his people. Amen. Because we are under his care and we're under his care. Amen. We'll find security. We'll have safety. Amen. You know, it's, it's in, in a shepherd, the qualifications are sheep are completely dependent on their shepherd. They receive safety, they receive food, they receive guidance from the shepherd. They follow and obey the shepherd on instinct. You know, some scholars look at this scripture and I've uh, done a lot of reading and researching on what different ones would say about it. Uh, but a lot of them look at this scripture about preparing a table of how that they used to take a trough and they would put a raised table and, and they would put feet in it and they'd use oil to keep the flies away. But others would look at that more of a, 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 a of saying how, how soldiers are being prepared for battles with a feast and, and an anointing to, of oil to be put upon upon them. And I believe that's what it's speaking about us. Amen. It's not that God is a, has built some table somewhere or some place or, or, or some certain building, but God is preparing a feast. Amen. To get for we to get strength, but not to just have a feast to gain strength, but anointing that will take us through. Amen. That'll give us the victory over our enemies. But the main theme through this whole scripture, if you read it again and you ponder and you look on it, is the main theme of the psalm is you are with with me. God is with us. Amen. He's always close in every moment. And, and when you take a hold of that truth and, and you begin to look at that and you realize I'm never alone, we're, we're always looked after and therefore we never have a reason to lose hope because God is walking with us and he's tending to his flock. Amen. We can read scriptures. There's tons of them about referring to him as a shepherd. In Genesis 48, it says, God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Psalms 28 would say, save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Amen. Isaiah 40 verse 11 said he tends his flock like a shepherd. He, he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. John 10 and verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. First Peter would say it like this. When the chief shepherd appears, we shall receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. But looking at this uh, scripture, uh, different translations of Psalms 23 and verse 1, as we just kind of expand upon these sayings, the, the one version would say, one translation would say, Jehovah is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Amplified would say it, the Lord is my shepherd to feed and to guide me and to shield me and I shall not want. Another translation says, you Lord are my shepherd and I will never be in need. Another translation says, the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I ever needed. Amen. What a shepherd that we can depend upon. Amen. One, a shepherd who is dependable, that is with us, that leads us, that guides us, that is with us every step of the way. And in this, in this knowing of how dependable that he is, we can be at rest to know God is looking after each situation that we go through. God is there guiding. God is there directing. God is there moving. God is there. Amen. Amen. In every situation, if you're in the valley of death, 
death, the light is still there. If you're in the valley of trouble, God is still there. Amen. And so we can look at these as the different things that is brought out. One, I lack nothing. So there can be a contentment there that God will provide all I ever need so I can relax and stop striving. I can relax and let him take control. I can relax and let him provide and him meet my needs. Another one is rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures or or God invites us into moments of stillness so we can rest amidst our busyness. That's a good one right there because the age that we live in is a very busy age. Amen. We got more advancements than ever, but we're more busy than, busier than ever. Amen. You go to a kitchen nowadays, used to, they might would have to prepare, they might have to go out and kill their food and then dress their food and, or pluck their or vegetables that they was going to and clean them and all of this. But now, today, normally you go to a shopping center and you, you know, uh, you, you find something that you want to eat and you take it home and you put it in a, God forbid, in the microwave or in the oven or whatever it is. A lot of things are going along a lot faster but we're more busier than we ever been. Amen. Satan has devised it to be this way, but God invites us into moments of stillness, into moments that we can just stop for a moment. Amen. I believe that's what it is on a Wednesday night, just to stop for a moment and realize the goodness of God, just to stop for a moment and realize, you know what? God has brought me safely this far. God has brought me to this place, amen, to where I'm at. He's watched over my life. He's took me out of trouble. He brought me out of sin. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon the rock. Why should I get down to 2023 and realize or think that God is can't, he can't do no more. He ain't got enough, but God has showed over and over and over that I am more than enough. Amen. And so as also in this scripture, there's peace. He leads me beside quiet waters. God calms us in challenging times. Amen. There's a calmness to a believer. Why? Because you're not listening to the voices of this world. You're not listening to the voices of Fox News or CNN. That's not where you get your calmness from. No, sir. You get your calmness from listening to the voice of God. And the voice of God is calling unto you and saying, whosoever will come and let him drink. Whosoever will come and I'll take your burdens off of you. Whosoever will. There is a voice that is speaking. Amen. To the sheep of Almighty. God. Also, there's a restoration in here. It's a, he refreshes my soul. God promises in this that he will renew our spirits. So we will be strengthened and continue to go forward. See, God is interested in a journey. He, he didn't bring the children of Israel out. Amen. I, I think it's, uh, he shows himself to be the light, the shepherd to them because it wasn't God driving them. It was God leading them. They followed the light. They followed the pillar of uh, cloud that by night and the, or the fire by night and the cloud by day. Amen. What was it? It was the great shepherd. He was leading them and he led them through some very difficult places. He led them through the Red Sea. He led them to bitter waters. He led them to places there was no water. He led them to places there was no food. He led them over and over showing he is the shepherd. And each moment he was able to provide for them. And that gives me great strength and courage to know and look back to what he was then. I know he is today today, that he's still leading the church of the living God by the pillar of fire. Amen. The shepherd is still pushed, moving. And when he moves, the church moves. And when he goes, the church goes. Amen. He's still the shepherd. And we may go through some dark places. We may go through some difficult times. We have come through. We come through difficult sicknesses. We come through difficult deaths. We come through difficult years. Amen. And, and up, up, things begin to turn upside down and backwards. But each step of the way, the shepherd has showed over and over, I'm the one that's leading. I'm the one that's guiding. And I still have the answer for whatever day you're facing, for whatever trouble you're facing, for whatever thing you're facing, I still have the answer. So we can have strength in these times that we live in. Also, there's wisdom, amen, as he guides me along the right path for his namesake. God wants to reveal himself and his ways to us so so we can know him better. And so he'll lead us down certain paths to show himself uh, certain attributes of himself to you. 
Sometimes he'll lead you down a path of sickness to show himself as a healer to you. Or otherwise, if you was always well, you would never know he could be a healer. Sure, you might have somebody else's testimony, but God wants to have your, you to have your testimony. And so you go through darkness and you go through things, amen. Why? God is wanting to show himself, you who he really is. David goes on with this, with this as we read down, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You know, as a, as a warrior and a king, David often faced danger. He always faced danger. There was lions, there was bears, there were giants, there was enemy that was always, there was another king that was trying to kill him. But he never forgot the lessons he learned about God as a young shepherd. The rest of his life, though most of us don't have to have to deal with the same things maybe David dealt with, I doubt very seriously many of you have ever been in a fight with a bear or with a lion. Amen. But there's all other things that we have to deal with. We have to deal with challenges every day. We have Some of them are very painful, some trials go and job loss or medical issues or relationship troubles but there's nothing that is a, is a match for our almighty God for the shepherd that is watching over us God is leading you he is guiding you and he's with you every step of the journey and when we look to him we find strength to walk confidently through the hardest of struggles amen you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil, my cup overfloweth. As you know, David, he loved to worship the Lord. Amen. His songs were abounding with thanksgiving and praise and honor unto Jehovah. Amen. When he was in a valley, he would find strength in a song. When he was on top of a mountain, he would find strength in a song. David was always aware of both his own lack, but also of the greatness of his God. You can read about it. He talks about his lack and what he lacked, but also in that he would show God is greater than my lack. God is greater than the situations that I'm going. You know, it's important that you remember in your lack, he's still Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He's still the provider. He'll still meet your needs. The more we celebrate his blessings and we're in time, we're in a time of celebration. So let's just celebrate tonight. And we celebrate his blessings and others around us. The more we'll have faith in what he's going to do for us going forward. When you begin to lift him up and praise him for what he's already done for you, then faith will begin to resonate in your heart that the same God that took care of you then is the same God that takes care of you now. The same one that walked through that valley with me, he'll walk through the next valley with me. Hallelujah. Throughout his lifetime, David found himself in a lot of different places. He found himself working in fields, hiding in caves, ruling in a palace, leading armies into battle, running from armies. Amen. Trying to kill him. He truly believed, though, that always God remained close to him. Wherever he, wherever he was, that did not change nothing about where God was. Mm, if that can just anchor in somebody's heart tonight, that no matter where you are, that does not change where God is. Amen. God is with you. God is leading you. God is guiding you. He's a shepherd. Amen. You might be through some of the darkest times of your life, but the light is still with you. We go through things in our daily lives. We may end up in a place or a day that we didn't expect, but knowing that our Lord will always go with us, not only with us, but before us should bring a sense of of, of, of rest, a sense of even boldness in our steps. Amen. So we know he is the shepherd. We know uh, that he leads and guides. Let's look at John chapter 10 and verse seven. Then Jesus said unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. 
I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep. That's not a real shepherd. A real shepherd, when a wolf comes, he's going to run the wolf away. Amen. But a hireling, when he sees a wolf coming, he's going to run and leave the shepherd or leave the sheep to be ate. To be devoured, but this is this is not God. When God sees your battle coming, He's not going to run away. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, He sees it coming a lot further. He could have had a lot further head start than you ever thought about having, because He sees it coming a long ways off. But He's not running from your battles. He's not running from your sicknesses. He's not running from your trouble. But He's leading you and He's guiding you and He's staying with you every step of the way. Hallelujah. He says, leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. Hallelujah. Listen, it, it ain't important that the president of the United States knows you. It ain't important if the, if the mayor in Menden knows you. It ain't important if anybody else knows you as long as he knows you. Because mm. if he knows you, he, he's known you before the foundation of the world. And he's called you by name. My sheep know my voice. Amen. And I, he said, I know my sheep, but I'm also known of mine. My sheep knows me. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. Has anybody ever, I'm sure it went around pretty much viral of that shepherd that was standing there looking over that little valley of sheep. And there was others that was hollering at them and they had their head in the grass. They weren't paying no attention. And the shepherd just kind of saying some things. Maybe it was in a different language. I don't remember. But the gist of it was they were hollering. They were screaming. They were trying to get their attention. But the sheep just kept on eating grass. But as soon as the shepherd spoke and he began to call for them and the heads came up. And they began to look around, they found him. And when they found him, they began to run, make a beeline towards the shepherd because they knew his voice. Hallelujah. Amen. Real sheep that knows the voice of the shepherd, they're not concerned when false doctrines arise and devils of every kind start to speak and howl and say all kinds of things and make threats. They're not worried about that. That ain't the voice I'm listening to. The voice I'm listening to is the voice of the good shepherd. I'm not listening to the voice that says I'm not his. I'm listening to the voice that says you're mine. I'm not listening to the voice that says I'm going to destroy you. I'm listening to the voice that says he can't destroy you. You're mine. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Another sheep, another sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I believe he's talking about us right there. Amen. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So this word shepherd, it's a, it's a, it means to feed. It means to tend the flock. It means to keep the sheep, to furnish pasture for food, to nourish to cherish one's body, to serve the body, to supply the, requi- uh, the needs for the soul, amen. But you know, the task, as this is written here, the task of the Eastern shepherd were to one, watch for enemies that were trying to attack the sheep. And when they did defend the sheep from the attackers, <laughs> hallelujah. So listen, when Satan comes to attack you, he's not just attacking some wimpy sheep. He's also attacking the shepherd. The shepherd is watching for his attack, but not only is he watching for his attack, he's there to defend you when it happens. 
It's also to heal the wounded and the sick sheep. It's also to find the sa- and save the lost or trapped sheep. Oh, praise the Lord. It's also to love them and share their lives and so earning their trust. So that's why he had to come down and be made a sheep himself. We're in the season. He came down and the angels came to who? Shepherds. Why? Because there was a lamb that was being born. Amen. He came to the shepherds to begin to, to say uh, and to, to declare that, that God, Emmanuel, was being born. Emmanuel, God, and they go and say, yeah, go find him. He's in a stable. And they go, find, go to look for him. And maybe they was expecting a lot different. I don't know what they was expecting. But what they saw was a little baby crying in a manger. Amen. Why? Because he was coming as a lamb. Why? Because he had to share our lives. He had to know what it was like to be a weak sheep. He had to know what it was like to get sick. He had to know what it was like to have mind vitals and and troubles of every kind. He had to know what it was like to feel the nervousness of the attack, oncoming storms and and attacks and things. He had to know what it was like for Satan to come after him moment after moment after moment after moment. He came to share your life so he could earn your trust. Hallelujah. He's a great shepherd. He's in control of every situation. He knows your battles before you get there. I I know what I'm talking about because just this weekend, he knew my battles before I got there. I went to Brother Jason Jackson's and was ministering there this past Sunday. Lord had laid it on my heart when he asked me to come what to speak on. I was going to speak on the light, the chain breaker. And I knew every time I preached that, there's been a resistance. There's been a something trying to keep something, to keep freedom or deliverances from happening. Almost a physical force. When it was up there at that youth camp there, at when the first time I ever preached it, it was like a physical thing trying to stop something. And before the service had even started, we're in the back office and brother, they started singing the song, actually started singing the song. Brother Jason had went out, we prayed and he went out to the platform and I'm sitting there and a big knock comes on the door and I, I don't know whether I should, because they they just talked about some issues they was having. They've been kind of on a high alert for a situation. And so I didn't know if I was supposed to open that door or not open that door. And I'm thinking, God help me. He told me where, where a gun was. So I thought, well, if I had, you know, all these things are going through your mind. And I thought, well, if somebody really needs something, they'll knock again a little harder. So I started a bam, bam, he knocks on the door. I said, well, okay. I walk up the door and I open it and his brother, uh, Joe Van Slyke, and he said, I need Brother Jason. His wife's in trouble. I thought, wow, okay. And so he runs on the platform. They come running back. Brother, J- brother Joe tells Brother Jason, look, your wife's heart rate went up to like 160 or 150, 160 where they're just sitting there. Her watch that she had on uh, alerted her to that. And they're taking her back. There was an EMT there that was checking her blood pressure. It was like 220 over 110. And it was just nuts. And he's like, come on, Timothy, come with me. And he said, he told me later, he said, I wanted you to come because I knew you'd been in that battle before. Amen. And so I, I went back there to where he was at and where she was at. And we, we seen it. She seemed to be fine as far as, the, as just looking at her and things. And didn't, didn't seem to be in much stress. But they finally got her, her heart rate rate has started leveling just a little bit, still over 100. We laid hands on her and began to pray. And it began to come down. And the blood pressure began to come down. I thought, wow, this is amazing. Found out later, another sister in that same service, about the same time, her heart goes crazy and she runs out and checks her blood pressure and has to go take blood pressure medicine. The devil was trying to stop something. And so I begin to I come back, I go back and I get ready and they call me out and I begin to preach about 30, 40 minutes, maybe into my sermon. I'm preaching along and there's a sister about 90 years old. They come to service for the first time since COVID and she, she'd gotten sick and had a lot of issues and wasn't able to come because of her hearts and heart issues and things. And, but she just, I, I want to be in church. I want to be in church. And so that morning she told her husband, said, honey, I want to be in church. He said, well, let's go to church. So for her first service, she's back, and while I'm preaching, she just goes lifeless. 
She just folds down, and I watch brothers come running up, and, and, and there's a commotion going on. I stop, and I said, I see what's happening here. Darkness is trying to put out the light, but the light is going to stand against the darkness. And I said, let's bow our heads and pray. And we bowed our heads and prayed, and they got her into a wheelchair, and they started wheeling her out. And I said, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I said, it's not up to me. It's up to him. All I know is we prayed, and we asked God to spare her life. I said, but if she did go, it's a wonderful way to go in the house of the Lord. But I said, I believe the light is here to show who he is. Amen. When about 10 minutes, Brother Jason came back on the platform because he had went down and prayed with her out in the audience and went out the back, came back with a note and said, Sister Decker is back to normal. She's going home with her husband. Amen. What was it? The light came and drove the darkness. He don't always know. You don't always know what battle you're going to be in, but the light will always be there. Hallelujah. This bride will never walk in complete darkness. There'll always be light. Hallelujah. God knows what we have need of. The shepherd has a fold. He drives his sheep in there, leads them in there. And after the sheep is in, he lays down in the door. No sheep can go out and no wolf can come in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless it goes over the shepherd. Think how safe you are. You know, Brother Brandon would talk, he said, I, a few nights, he said a few nights ago, I woke up and I had a sermon on my heart of resting. I didn't have an audience. So I had a one woman audience, my wife. <laughs> woke her up and said, honey, I got to preach to you about, about this rest for a moment. And I did it about three hours. Ain't that a paradox? Preach about rest when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> but here, he said, it was just burning on my heart, and I had to, had to talk to somebody. He said, the Christian experience is based sol- solemnly and wholly upon rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're tossed about with everything until the shepherd comes. And when Christ comes, the Holy Ghost comes, it's finished. Then you're resting in Christ. No matter what comes or what goes, nothing can touch you unless it comes through the shepherd. Mm. He has to permit it. Therefore, the Bible said, all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are thee called according to his purpose. It has to come over the shepherd first. I am the door. No man can come in without me accepting it. He said, let me tell you when, that when God permits anything, it's working for your good. So would sickness be the same thing? Certainly, God might heal you so that God can heal you to show a great testimony and give you a little something to move on for. All things work together for the good. Notice how beautiful the shepherd laid himself at the door. He didn't just pile a bunch of sheep up there. He, he laid himself at the door. He says, oh, if Christians who will fall away and run back and run out and run in and run out, you think, well, I, I can't make it. You couldn't make it in the first place. Did you hear me? Before the first tug on your heart, you couldn't make it. So it doesn't matter if you've been in and out, in and out. Well, I can't make it. You couldn't make it in the first place. It's not your place to make it. Mm. God already made it for you. God already made the way. The price is already paid. It's not our place to make it. It's the shepherd's place to make it. The only thing you have to do is accept God's provided way and stand in it. No matter what takes, don't move. No matter what takes place, don't move. Rest. The shepherd's watching over his sheep. He knows even a sparrow when it falls. So how much more does he know about you? Think about that. A little bitty bird, and he knows each one that falls. 
Not one can fall to the ground and he don't know about it. And you don't think he don't know about your situation and your needs and your troubles and where we're at. He don't know about the political climate and the world situation. He knows. He knows. He's a shepherd. He said, I noticed another thing in thinking about shepherds. You know, shepherds in eastern countries have more respect Anybody else going down through the streets all at once, the whistle and the cars and stuff. He said, one time I was going down an old, an old British Jeep, and first thing you know, there was a shepherd crossing the street. And all the traffic was held up and gave him the right-of-way. He said, that's the way our shepherd is. He gets the right-of-way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Do you hear that? In services, he gets the right-of-way. In every situation, he gets the right-of-way. He decides the path. He, si- he decides the direction. It's up to him how it goes. Amen. Amen. I saw as a song leader, I'm not trying to make it my way or it's got to be this song or that song. I pray, Lord, this is your service. This is your people. And I want you to do the directing. I want you to do the leading. Amen. If there's a song you want me to sing, I'll sing it. Whatever, God, it is your service. Yeah. He deserves the right of way. I know there's a lot of churches don't want to give him the right of way. They want to put up caution signs and this sign and stop signs and this nonsense. Amen. The shepherd deserves the right of way. However, he wants to go with it. Let him go because he knows better than any sheep does. Amen. He said there was some, he said, I noticed some shepherds up on a hill one time had all kind of different animals. And I thought, well, I thought shepherds, uh, herded, was a herder of sheep. He said, that's right. He, the brother said, yes, right. That's right, Brother Branham. A shepherd is a herder or a grazeman. He says, he said, so there's a lot of different animals they watch after. He said, you know, the strange thing is a shepherd is attached more to the sheep than anything else. They both eat the same food, the same grass. When the nighttime comes, the mules, the goats, talking about the animals, they're eating all the same, doing this. But the goats and the mules are left outside, and the shepherd calls the sheep into the fold. I thought, oh, God, that's what I want to be. I want to be a sheep. Amen. Amen. That's what I want to be. I want to be a sheep. I'm not interested in just eating the same grass and just having the same food. I want to be with the shepherd. I want to be with him because nighttime's coming and nighttime's going to fall one of these days and just a sheep, just a sheep is the only one that's going to go in. Hallelujah. It ain't just about church joining and this, that, and other. You, you, you don't know Christ by that. You know him by an experience, a change of nature. Maybe you find yourself to be a little stubborn mule, but there is a power that can change that nature. Maybe you find yourself to just be a hog wallering out in the world. There is a power that can change that nature. Amen, that's what it does. It don't just take a pig and and dress him up and make him look like a a part and put a little wool on him and make him look kind of like a sheep. No, this power that we're talking about will take a worldly pig and take him out of that old sinful thing and bring him out of all that muck and all that world stuff and clean him up and change him to such a place you would never know he was ever a pig. Come on, I'm looking at a lot of used-to-be pigs. I'm looking at a lot of used-to-be lost sinners and was out there in the world, a lot of drunks, a lot of dope heads, a lot of this, that, and the other, but God, rich in mercy, he reached down and he picked you up and he brought you out. And today, you would never know. You you wasn't always a sheep. Hallelujah. A lot of people who first come in, they look around like, wow, look at all this holy bunch. Well, let me tell you something. It wasn't always holy at one time. Come on, we weren't always holy. We had a lot of things in our lives. Amen, but God came down and he began to paint a different picture. He began to make us over anew and the creator changed the creature. Most of the ones who think they've always been holy is those who are still dressed up and they ain't nothing but pigs. Yes. Hey Amen. You say, well, 
I got, I got, I'm part of this church. It ain't, it ain't a creed. It ain't a catechism. It ain't a church. It isn't to know the catechism. That ain't life. It's to know Christ. Know the shepherd. Not to know your creeds. Not to know the doctrines. But to know him. Him alone is life. To know him. Another thing is amazing. The shepherd would come right down through the streets. On the side, men with their produce laying out there with all kinds of appetizing things for the sheep. But the fellow that was driving me in the little Jeep, he pulled over to one side and he said, Brother Brandon, watch this. See that shepherd entering that market street there? And I said, yes, sir. Now watch him for a few minutes. He walked down to the street with about 50 sheep following him, right, right down through there with all them fine things, pears and vegetables laying there, which would be very tempting to a sheep. The sheep followed the shepherd. They didn't look right or left. They just went right through it with the shepherd. The shepherd could step out of out this way and move over this way, and the, every sheep would walk the same line the shepherd walked. <laughs> I said, "Brother, you're gonna have to excuse me for a minute. I got to jump out and praise the Lord." Following the footsteps of the shepherd, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they're not followed. Just move where he moves, step where he steps. Amen. There's all kind of enticing things along life's journey. It looks all bright and shiny on this side and the other, but if you are a real sheep following the shepherd, you're not looking to the right, you're not looking to the left, you're looking at the shepherd, and you're watching where he steps. And you're stepping. Same footprints. Something that God always likened people and the sheep. You're the shepherd of the pasture, the sheep of one fold, other sheep have I, so forth. Likening people unto sheep. You know why he likened us to sheep? Did you ever, how many's ever fooled with sheep? Anybody ever raised sheep or had a sheep? Not very many. Not many shepherds here. <laughs> he said, did you ever fool? He says, they're not the smartest things in the world. Well, I got this education and I got, well, if you're a sheep, you're not smart by the world standards. I'm not talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You're smart by his standards. Because you're following his. Oh, certainly. Get educational, divine education to learn the sheep. He said, I raised him. I shepherded around the little fellow. When a sheep is lost, he's absolutely helpless. Helpless. When you was lost, you was absolutely helpless. You couldn't make yourself better if you wanted to. No, no. I picked up a sheep not standing maybe 300 yards from the sheepfold and all where all the other sheep was. And that sheep, when he's lost, he can't help himself. He just stands there and bleats and bleats and bleats and bleats until a wolf gets him or something takes place. He just can, will never find his own way back. He's totally helpless without a shepherd. That's the way a human race is. We were absolutely, totally helpless without the shepherd of the fold. We can't find our way back. Amen. Amen. We will never on our own strength find our way back to Eden. We'll never find our way back to a, a body change. Yeah, you can try to, you, we've tried to educate our way back. We try to reform our way back. It'll never happen. Education will never do it. Reformation will never do it. We're not reformers. Policemen out there, they're reformed, but we are preachers of the gospel. He said not to try to put people on penalty and crawl on your knees and so forth, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, deliverance to the people. Hallelujah. That's what sheep needs. They need some sheep food. You know what the best food, sheep food I know for is if, if for you sick sheep and all kinds of sheep? Here it is, the great big bread basket of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's what the Holy Spirit lives on. That's what lives in you. That lives on the word of God. That is the connection of the shepherd and the sheep. So one time he was over in the Orient, 
Learned a great lesson. I'd seen it in St. John. I'm the gate of the sheepfold or the door of the sheepfold. I often wondered how could he, being a man, be a door. But then when I was over there, I learned what it meant. Shepherds lead their sheep into the sheepfold, and they got an arch that goes over it like that. And when he drives them all in, and after they're all in, he counts them. And if there's one lacking, it's worth going after. Oh, my God. If there's one lamb, he'll leave the 99 and go after that one lost lamb. Hallelujah. Don't, you, don't that give you something to know? You are important. It doesn't matter what number you are. Every number is important. He gives account for the shepherd every, or for the sheep every hour of the day. No matter where you're at, he knows where you're at. He knows all about you. That's the reason he can stand on this platform through yielded people and reveal and tell and talk. He knows. He knows where you, where you was at a year ago. He knows where you was all the time. He has to give an account for his sheep, especially they're all renumbered again after they gathered in the fold. I thought, what a beautiful picture. Gathering them into the fold and numbering them. And after he gets them all numbered and they're all bedded down, the shepherd goes down and lays himself across the hole and no wolf can come in and no thief can come in no harm can come in unless it comes through the shepherd first what a picture of Christ laying himself for us nothing can harm us unless it comes over him he's over the Branham sickness crossed over him but it was for the glory of God he wants to give you a testimony He said, I seen a shepherd one time with a leg all banged up and bandaged up. So what happened? He fall off a cliff? He said, no, I broke his leg. He said, oh, you must, the man said, oh, you must be a cruel shepherd to break your own sheep's leg. He said, no, the sheep wouldn't mind me. So I broke his leg and ordered to hold her and to pet her and to love her and to give her some little special food. In turn, she would love me. And follow me. So sometimes God has to do that to us. Let the doctor say it's over. Nothing can be done. Uh, and he just comes over there and he starts putting it back together. Mends you. And he picks you up. And he starts whispering promises in your ear. Doctor said it's over, but my word said I'm the healer. The doctor says you're finished and you'll never be no better, but I paid some stripes for you. He's holding you and he's caring for you. Child of mine, don't you know I love you? Don't you know I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases? But Lord, I was taught that the days of merit, I know you was. I just had to let this happen so I could show you a little special favor. Now, don't you love me just a little more? Now, I'm going to let you get well. <laughs> Did you ever have that just come to you? I have many times. Let something happen just to check me down a little. Just to check me or check up a little. However you want to say it. Check me down a little so he can express his love to me. Another thing you'll notice to a shepherd, ooh, I'm trying to stay calm here. It's a disgrace for a shepherd to lose one sheep. Mm. It's a reproach. It's a disgrace. It's a mar on his reputation to lose one sheep. Therefore, he said, all that the Father hath given me will come. And I'll not lose one of them. Hallelujah. He based his own reputation on that one promise. I'm not going to lose one sheep. I'm not going to lose one son. I'm not going to lose one daughter. But I haven't yet. Can I, could a mother forget her suckling child? Yay. But how could I ever forget you? Oh, I'm getting down somewhere now. Because your names are engraved in the palm of my hand. 
So he's not going to come down to now and say, well, I had 50, but only 25 made it. No, no. If you had 50 at the beginning, there's going to be 50 at the end. If you had a million at the beginning, there's going to be a million at the end. He's not, he, he's, his reputation is standing upon this. Amen. The shepherd cannot afford to lose a sheep. That's the reason you backslider tonight. He's still hanging around your heart. <laughs> he's still trying to draw you back into his fold. Because once he kissed you and you kissed him and he told you you loved him and you told him you loved him and he raised your hands and you praised him, but then you backslid and you went out and got all butchered up and wounded in your spirit, but he's still hanging around. He's still saying, come on back, wandering chief. I can't afford to let you be lost. Hallelujah. He's a man who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got riches untold, but he cannot afford to lose one sheep. He can't afford to lose one backslider. He can't afford to lose one of his because it's his reputation. Come on back. Maybe the little sheep did had to go way out in the mountain to find all through the place. Maybe you're that sheep tonight laying out there wounded somewhere, but the shepherd will not lose one of his. Mm. You know how the shepherd knows his sheep from other sheep? Because his sheep are branded. They're marked. You know what they carry, what mark they carry? They carry the mark of the shepherd. All right. Amen. The sheep was marked. He said, oh, that's a, you say, well, that's all right, preacher, but how you know all these marks in, all right? Everybody was marked. One marked this way, one marked that, one at the Orthodox, one Episcopalian, this, that, and the other. But wait a minute. The shepherd bore the mark of his sheep in his hand. If you want to know what the sheep that the shepherd got the mark in his hand, how appropriate that is tonight of our great shepherd that's marked. He said, a woman might forget her mother, her, her child, forget her little suckling babe, but I'll never forget you because your names are written in my hand. Marked. The shepherd carries the mark of his sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Why? The mark, they mark the same mark. So they are marked with the same mark he's marked with. And he's marked with the same mark they're marked with. Then his church has got the same mark. What kind of mark did he have? Spiritually speaking, he was despised. He was rejected. He was a man of sorrow. He was acquainted with grief. He was called all kind of ungodly names. Amen. But God was with him. You want to hear about his marks? God was with him. Signs and wonders was with him everywhere he went. He could discern the thoughts of the intents of the heart. He said, I do as a father showed me. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. The poor had the gospel priest. And tonight, the church of the living God bears that same mark of the living God on the inside of her. Woo! Therefore, amen, they may be despised. They may be rejected. They may go through all kinds of things, but the sick are healed and the dead are raised and the poor has the gospel preached to them and signs and wonders are following them. Why? Because they bear the same mark that the shepherd bore. You might be called a fanatic. He was too. You might be called a holy roller. He was too. You might be called all kinds of things. He was too. He was, people hated him. You will be hated too. Because he did right, because he did good. Stephen, the first martyr, died because he told them they were stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, and they were resisting the Holy Ghost. Hello, somebody. But he was branded with the same brand the shepherd was branded with. <laughs> How happy we ought to be 2,000 years later to see the same Holy Ghost working in the same kind of people, causing the same results from the outside to point a scornful finger and also the same results on the inside for a resurrected Jesus Christ stretching forth his hands to do the same signs and wonders he did at the beginning. Shepherds and sheep, I'm so glad to bear the same mark. He's a sovereign God. 
By his own counsel, he purposed the plan of salvation of his own elect, which he foreknew. The son died upon the cross to establish the means of salvation and the Holy Spirit carefully now executes the will of the father. He is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his will. He's right in the midst of it all. He's right in the midst of his church. This great creator, this savior God is faithfully working among his own right now as the great shepherd of the sheep. His very existence is for his own. He loves them and he cares for them. His eyes ever upon them. When the word says that your lives are hid with Christ and God, it means exactly what it says. I'm so glad that my God abides faithful. He is true to himself. He won't lie. He's true to his word. He will back it up. He's true to us. He will not lose one of us. Amen. We need to tell the devil that he'll not lose one of us. We're not leaving a hook behind. I'm glad I can rest in that kind of faithfulness. As we close, let's look at Ezekiel 34 and verse 11. It says, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold I, even I, will both search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from a people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in the good pasture and upon high places of Israel's of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, the world, and I will feed them with judgment. (laughs) Did you hear the promises of your shepherd? I'm going to bring them back. They're my people. They're my kindred. That's by Andrew, let's sing that I'll bring you back home again. Do you bear the same mark as a shepherd? Been in a dark valley, do you see the light? I wonder if there'd be some honest sheep. Say, Lord, I, I've been looking a little bit to the left and the right. I want to look to the shepherd tonight. Or maybe you've been in a dark valley. And you just want your eyes to focus in on the light. He's a shepherd. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He's going to guide you to your complete healing. He's going to lead you to your complete deliverances. He's leading this world that we're living in back to its restoration again. 
He's a great shepherd. Just worship him tonight. Let's listen to his promises as we sing this song.
Hallelujah. Don't you just want him to bring you back home, bring you back into his fold? Oh, what a day that's going to be when he takes us to that land of everlasting light. Hallelujah. A lot of, a lot of you's got a lot of children out there and you're worried about them. The shepherd's got them. He knows how to orchestrate things. He knows how to bring them out and expect it in. Hallelujah. Going to bring them back home again. Because we ain't leaving a hoof behind. Amen. They shall be there and their offspring with them. That's promises. Hallelujah. That's promises. You believe his promises tonight. They are yea and amen. That verse in there about the bride. Don't forget that put in there or not. Oh, oh, Zion, my fair one. Hallelujah. The rapture is high. 